Okay, here we go. Back at it again here. Um, I think... No, we're not ready for that yet. But hey, welcome back to Burn Your Boats. This is me, Matt Lestalia, your faithful, loyal host. Back at it again with another episode. Um, today, if you saw by the title, we're talking about running, right? So, um, and this is, I think I titled it something to the effect of um, how I found myself in running, how it killed me, and then how it saved my life. So, <laughs> it's just, if you couldn't tell already, uh, this is a, this is a story not all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. <laughs> I'm no fresh prince. But, uh, um, it's a story about how, of, of me and my personal um, journey, if you will, with, uh, with running and how it's impacted my life. And so before we dive full in, full stop into that content for today, uh, there were some housekeeping notes from last week. Um, I actually got, got a call from uh, one of our listeners, uh, Neil. Thank you so much. I appreciate your input. Uh, we were talking about um, embracing the gray space, right? Last week's episode. And we had referenced um, the infinite paper, right? And that's so if you, if you, have, if you didn't listen, um, in order for these notes to make sense, you probably need to go back and listen to that. So, uh, I talked about using black ink for certain things for like the high level goals, like the who you are aspect of things. And then everything else kind of in pencil and in gray, um, that can be edited and erased along the way as it fits into your goals, as you figure out what works and what doesn't work. Um, so, and on that I said, you know, you have this infinite paper, so, like, don't be afraid to, to, to erase and to scratch out and to, and to, and to write new things and to keep writing and keep writing and keep going down, but one of the things that you brought up, and this is something that I always found to be, um, of particular importance is that it's not infinite, right? Our lives are not, they're not infinite pieces of paper. They are, they're finite. It's you will die. In case you were curious, at some point, you're going to die. So uh, with that, you need, to, you need to keep that in mind as you're writing these things down. This is why it's super important um, that, that it, it, it's almost, it creates emphasis on what it is that you're trying to do. There was a, there was a great quote that I heard it was actually in a show that my wife and I are watching and it's um it's from a show called Hannibal which I can't believe we only just found it but I think it finished off in 2013 seven years can you guys believe that seven years ago it was 2013 that's nuts that's nuts we're out of the teens we're almost in the 21 it's wow so um but the quote was something uh I, I wrote down like a brief note of, of what it is. It's not butchered, so it's not a quote, but uh, it says, the period at the end of the sentence um, allows me to value the beauty and the awe of life. And that was Hannibal had said that in the show, right? <laughs> so <laughs> taking uh, inspirational quotes and, and monumentous meaning from, uh, 
from a cannibal. <laughs> so, uh, but it's no, it was it's really good, and I think it was really poignant in that it um, when you think about it, it's because our lives end, it gives everything we do extra meaning. And I mean, we go back to the Greek mythology of of the gods being envious of people because we were able to love so much deeper and, and everything we did meant so much more because there was an end to it. There's, they, they didn't know what that was like because they would just always go on, you know? And so, but because, because that is the case, um, it is even more important that you actually write this stuff down. And I don't mean like just, uh, that, that is not a metaphor that is, that is direct guidance, right? <laughs> so it's write it down, um, get out the piece of paper and, and, and realize that the longer you wait, um, you know, the, the less, the shorter that paper is going to get. I mean, and legitimately, none of us know how long that's going to take. None of us know how long we are going to, we are going to be on this earth. And so we have to take full advantage of the time that we have. And in part of doing that is, is emphasizing action and and not and actually this is a great kind of plug that I can do for the other show that I'm doing with Adam Messer on the Matt and Adam show. We talked about flawlessness and and the the imperfection and and, and living with and embracing the imperfection. And we just dropped today. We just dropped the three part series. Um, that's all about flawlessness and perfectionism and how so many people get caught up in something not being good enough, not being just so for for completion, to mark it done, and so they never finish. Or because it's so daunting, because they know that they, they want it to be perfect, they never set out to do it in the first place. And that is, I mean, shoot, the setup, the setup for today, this is the first time I'm using two different cameras and I have a microphone running separately from those and I was getting and, and I took the time to go through each one to make sure everything's lined up and um, to get to get the to get all of the digital stuff lined up together and, and to get the layout done the way that I wanted to and, and you know what it's not exactly how I want it but at the end of the day you, you, there gets to a point when you know what done is better than perfect because perfect is rarely if ever achievable so that's uh now that we're um now that we're like 10 minutes into the show we're uh we can we can segue right into the actual content for the day so okay um i actually wrote some notes out so that way i can kind of uh keep this keep this pointed and and, and there there's just there's there's a lot of there's a lot of history here uh spanning back about eight years so i didn't want to miss anything there were very important parts of this so i have i have my notes with me today um <laughs> and uh okay so circa 2020 um i am in the 82nd airborne division on fort bragg and i'm running as a very very cultural part of what we do and, and, and I mean, in the, in the army, wherever you go, you're going to run, right? You're going to run. But in certain places, um, physical fitness and and specifically running become put on a higher pedestal than they do in other places. And Fort Bragg and, and the 82nd are 
is on the list of the places that do that. So um, I was there and I had been at Fort Bragg and not in the 82nd for my entire career up, up until that point. And so that was, I came in in 20, so it was like three years in the army at that point. And, um, and so I, I was essentially what I'm saying is I was fully indoctrinated and I was all about it. I loved running and, um, and my, my two mile run times were pretty freaking good. Uh, the perfect score on an army PT test, the physical, uh, fitness test is running two miles in sub 13 minutes for, and it's broken down by gender and age group and all that stuff. But for me at the time it was, you run below 13 minutes and you get a perfect score on the run. And so I was doing that. I was hitting and missing on that. I'd be like 13, 15 to, to 12, 30, somewhere in that range, depending on, on the day and how much time I had taken to actually prep specifically for the run, for that two-mile run. And I won't get into the, the way that I feel about we're running two miles. I got feelings. But at any rate, I found, found a way and I did, did pretty well at it. Um, and then through being on Fort Bragg, running distances... Uh, that were longer were very normal and it, there's group runs at four miles that we have to run uh, for the standard quarterly but that's uh that was that was nothing it wasn't wasn't anything anybody thought about because we ran so much more than that on a regular basis i remember mondays became um the first time i ever ran any sort of long distance was was right after i showed up and it was a six mile run uh, there on our den street and for the the glorious fort bragg and uh and i felt really good i remember at the and when i got done running i felt like my legs were still moving when we had stopped and i felt amazing and it still didn't didn't really sink in like the how much i i enjoyed running long distances and things of that nature but um it was it was that was my first introduction the first time i had ever broken you know past three four miles and so um, I started running on my own and, and I really, I caught, uh, like, uh, Pamela and Phil, when I had them on the show from how to run, um, they, they had said that Pam had caught the bug, you know, she had caught the bug for running. And so that's, uh, that's essentially what happened to me at that time is I caught the bug and I started running and running and running all the time I was running and I loved it. And, um, my, my big kind of uh the the runs that i would do were always five miles and it was because the the army ranger standard like to get into ranger school not to pass the school for anybody that's not familiar it's a very difficult school to pass never went um but it's got a very high attrition rate and the demands are are no joke but one of the requirements to get in is to be able to run five miles in under 40 minutes i'm pretty sure that's right I'm already I'm already losing the memory. <laughs> the things my brain is shedding as I've, I've, I've as I've exited the military, um, it's shedding the the details. But I'm pretty sure it's 40 minutes because I think I remember right. It was you need to run a sub eight minute pace uh, in order just to pass. Um, and so I was running it. I was getting after these five miles and to the point where I had ran uh, in the 32s. I don't remember what it was. I just remember seeing. After a five mile run, it was thirty two and some change, and I was like, "Oh wow, like, that was that's pretty freaking good." I felt pretty happy about it. And it wasn't flat road; there were hills and everything. Is that's the type of running shape that I was in, and and from there, then you know, six miles. I was like, "Well, I could. I wonder what would happen if I went further." 
You know, it was just like genuine curiosity. And just like, well, I'm already out here. Just tack on another mile. So I started running six. I started running seven. And then I remember there was one day, one fateful day, uh, where I was, I was, we were living on post. And I was like, I'm just going to run the installation. Like, I'm just going to run from where our house is down to like the end where the, this gate is and around and back over and come back uh, to the house and whatever that is, that'll be what I, that'll be what I run. I have no idea, but I had, you know, I had some sort of Fitbit tracking mechanism uh, with me and my phone and you know, I'm listening to podcasts uh, because I was doing that even then. <laughs> and uh, as I'm running and running and running, I'm having a great time, just feeling great. And I get back to the house and, and, and I'm, I'm running up and I was like, man, I feel, I feel like I could keep going, you know? And I was like, I was like, but I felt like, and it didn't really hit me first. Really, the first thing was, I was like, okay, I got there. Let me check my distance. So I checked the distance and it was, it was 10.2, something like that. 10, a little bit over 10 miles. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just ran 10 miles. I've never run. I've hit double digits. That's interesting. And I stopped for a minute. I was catching my breath and kind of walking around. And, I, and I, just for, just for a second, just long enough where I could look up on my phone what um how long is a half marathon because i had, i didn't know i had no idea and anybody that's watching this from the running groups like you'd be like well really you didn't know like yeah there was a time when i didn't know <laughs> so um and uh so i looked it up and it was 13.1 and i was like oh well i'm right there and i feel great and so i just i kept running i ran another 3.1 miles and uh and i and i did it and there was this feeling of and it's so it's interesting because it's completely uh, arbitrary, you know, like these mild distances are chosen, but because as a society and as a people, we've, we've placed, we've put names to it and we've, we've, there's like a claim and there's, there's esteem around being able to do such things that I ran the 13.1 and I had this, just this, great feeling of accomplishment like holy crap i just ran a half marathon and it was interesting because i had i had no desire after that point to run in an event like at all zero percent i i didn't understand the concept i think that i even looked it up and i saw how much it was to pay to register for an event and it was something like 80 dollars or something i was like i'm not gonna spend 80 dollars to go run that's run around a huge group of people not a huge huge crowd kind of guy so i'm gonna go pay 80 dollars to run around a big group of people where i have to like navigate them and and try to find a place to get my own pace and and wait all morning and get up at the butt crack at dawn to do this stuff that i'm not really hell-bent on doing anyway other than just the run so i just i just ran on my own and 13.1 became my standard I mean, there were times I ran up to 15, um, maybe, I'm trying to remember. I legitimately do not remember the furthest that I've ever run. But it's, uh, it's, it was something like 15 to 16, at any rate. But the, the standard for me became running 13.1 miles, and I would do that all the time multiple times a week i'd run it and i would and there was no there was no recovery um what what was i so i was three four years in the army i joined when i was 20 i was like 24 25 right around there and just just 
crushing it. Like it wasn't even a thing. Like I know I could have gone further. Um, I just didn't have the time. I mean, I did, but like, you know, I'm trying to manage army work and then family life and, and being like, Oh, I'm just going to go run a marathon. You know, I just, I wasn't balancing it that well. And, and I knew I could get out for, for a half easily. Um, and so, so I was doing it. Um, so yeah, I mean, at that point it was a marathon or a half marathon or bust. I remember that there was a time when I was in Louisiana. So we went down there for an exercise. It was called an LPD. It's a leaner leaders, uh, LD LPD, right? Leaders. Basically when you're going down there for a very large exercise with a whole, like a whole brigade is going to go and, and you're going to flex your ability to maneuver and shoot and, you know, destroy targets and, and basically like do a mini deployment in a month, um, in preparation for a real deployment. Um, we'd go down there for, for like basically like a leader's recon and we would go through what they call like a staff X of sorts, just like a staff exercise. So the staff goes down there and, um, and you run through all of the staff mechanisms. So you're building products and you're briefing things to the commander and, and all of this. And, and so I remember there was one day after we were there. I went there early on the torch party. So I was there um, like a, maybe a week before everyone else. And I was there getting everything set up and and making sure that, uh, you know, systems were up and running and that things were, were aligned. And, and, you know, the groundwork was laid so that way when, when the rest of the staff showed up, like we were ready to roll. And so I was doing that and then the staff showed up and we, you know, we had our first day and then, and then it was somewhere there. It's, a, it's like a week long event once the whole staff is there. And so it was somewhere in the middle, it was like 10 o'clock at night and we're working and working and working and, and I'm learning, like I'm so new. I had just changed jobs from being a ground pounder and a knuckle dragger into a staff position into intelligence. And, uh, I was really trying to get my bearings. It was the first time I'd ever participated in an event like this. And so, and, and I was, had already been in for a period of time. So I was already in a position, position of leadership. So there was like, it was like higher stress because there were higher expectations, but I didn't have the experience to lean on to, to execute well. So I was trying, I was there and I was nugging it out and, uh, and, and working my ass off. And it just, and I admittedly, I was not doing well. Like I was working hard, but I was not my, the products I were making weren't very good. It took me forever to build them. And I remember there was a very, very high speed. I think he was a Lieutenant, a first Lieutenant at the time. He just, I actually just saw on Facebook, he got promoted to major. So congratulations, Brandon, very well done. Um, and he was, I, I heard him like muttering under his breath and talking to other people, kind of just like, kind of like, what the, what's wrong with this guy? You know, like, why can't he do his, I was getting very, very, very frustrated. And I remember that it was, we got out at about 10, 1030 and I hit the road as soon as we got released. Like everyone went to go eat chow and I, and I left to go. I was like, I just need to run. I just need, I need to run it off. Like that's how I'm going to get my headspace back clear until I'm going to come back the next day stronger as I need to, I need to leave the stress from today underneath the tread for my shoes on the road and so i did i ran a half marathon that night like i said it was half marathon or bust right so um so i did it and i ran and i got back and i remember the next day um i was talking to my friend talking to some of the guys that i work with some of my buddies and they were like they were like hey where'd you go last night i was like oh yeah i just ran they're like where'd you run i was like oh, i ran out over here they're like what how far did you go and i was like oh i did i did a half like a half marathon yeah 
that's just kind of what I do. They're like, what? And then I remember when it made its way around, people were like, you ran a half marathon last night? And it was just, it's, it was so funny because to me at that time, that was the norm. And it's not to say, look, oh, it was so great. There are people that run ultras, you know, and I've never run a marathon. So, it, but it's, it goes to the idea of, of normalcy, right? Um, when we, and how our perspective can be changed and new norms can be set based on the actions that we take. You know, the, the norm that you have when you first start doing anything is going to be different than the, the norm that you have when you're five years into it and, and you know, like you've really got a grasp on whatever it is that you're doing, whether it be, you know, physical fitness, nutrition, your job, a new project, you know, whatever, a new relationship. Like the way that you interact with somebody is going to be different in the first month than it's going to be five years later. You just you know them better and, and there are there are natural kind of shortcuts and you're just more effective theoretically. <laughs> Relationships are probably a weird thing that don't necessarily <laughs> fall in that realm. Um, but so I, that was the case and I remember um, – I had, uh, so I actually gone to, um, to a school in Arizona where I, um, I was with a buddy of mine, uh, a good buddy. He was, a he was a staff sergeant. I was a sergeant and he, um, he said, he was like, Hey, but Hey man, like, uh, do you, do you want to do this triathlon? And I was like, what? when he's like it's in like a week and i was like i've never done it before what's what events are in a triathlon he's like oh well, you gotta run and you gotta bike and you gotta swim and i was like i was like okay um i can i i had swam before competitively only once and it was for an like a german armed forces proficiency badge a thing and another decoration and medal you can get in the army and uh, and so i remember actually at the same place that we were at where I'd went to school to learn how to become intelligence. I'd actually trained to swim for that event and I worked with lifeguards there to work on like form and breath control. And I was like, okay, what? Well, I can tap back into that. You know, it's not something I carried on, but like I had a, I had some sort of framework and I saw the distance. I was like, oh, it was the same distance that we did. So I know that I can do it. And I know that my time is pretty good. I mean, relatively, right? <laughs> uh, and and I know how to run. That's obviously not an issue. And I was like, dude, I don't. I haven't biked in years, and we don't have bikes. So we went to this. We went to all these shops around town, and it, because the triathlon was coming, all the all the road bikes were rented out. They were gone. And there was a there was a mountain. There were two mountain bikes. He was like, hey man, do you want me to get these mountain bikes? And I was like, if we're gonna do it, we gotta have bikes. And he was like, all right. So we had mountain bikes. <laughs> and uh which which was pretty hilarious but um but it was pretty good it was pretty good so we we did it and this was the it was funny so we did the swim first and i was one of the first people out of the pool in my heat and i was like oh i'm gonna crush this thing and then i got on the bike and i was pedaling out and there's like no one around me i'm seeing people from the heat in front of me and and i'm biking and then all of a sudden, like, I'm just getting passed left and right. I was like, oh, apparently I don't know how to bike. <laughs> I'm, like, going down the hills, and I'm terrified. I'm going so fast that I, I don't know. I, like, I'm, I'm, like, pumping the brakes. I'm there, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and so, uh, so I keep, 
So I keep going and I push it out and, and it's fine. I, I ended up being behind everyone that I had passed in swimming. I was behind everybody and probably in the heat behind me. And I get out and I park the bike and, and I go to start running and I get maybe a quarter mile into it. It was like we, we left the parking lot, hung a right, hung a left, and it kind of curved to go uphill. And I hit the uphill and I saw this gal and these, I will never forget it, and he's like, uh, neon reflective green shorts and she was like she was close to me I was like oh alright I'm going to pass you and then I'll figure out who I'm going to pass after that and that's the way that I'm going to run this because it's only three miles this was a triathlon sprint so it was very sh- everything was very short um, and I remember looking and, and I was like I'm going to get I'm going to get her she's, she's number one on the target she's my 50 meter target she's right there I'm going to get her and uh and so, so I'm running, and I, and I start getting after her to go, like, not, like, sprinting, but just, like, picking up my pace. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get her. And I'm like, man, she's going at a pretty good pace. Like, I'm going to have to push. So I'm pushing, and we, you know, I'm getting, we hit the bends, and we're getting ready to go hit the right and go uphill. And I see her, and I was like, I'm gaining on her. And I was like, I'm going to get her. And as soon as we hit the uphill, boom, my right, my right calf just locked up hard as a rock. Cramp. I've never had a muscular cramp, I think, ever in my life before that point. I had had, um... You know, like stomach aches and stuff, but nothing ever that like seized and took me down. Um, so it seized. And then my left leg seized immediately after that. And so I did no prepping for this. <laughs> Let me preface it by saying no prepping for this whatsoever, other than the running that I was doing on my own anyway, um, outside of the school that we were at. And so at that point, it, it shifted very quickly to I'm going to pass these people to I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish this race. And I did, and I was dead last in my age group and like every category that they, they had me marked, and I was like dead last. <laughs> it started off so well. But uh that was like kind of the last big um physical based event that I had ever done. And I it was after that I went I went back to Bragg, you know, and I did really well in the course, graduated like towards the like the top ten percent of the class and, and you know everything was was going well like my head was on straight like feeling great head back and uh and shortly thereafter we probably got done in june late june got back and um and it was interesting because um so so okay before we get to the interesting part we'll get to the the topic right so so the the next I'm in an airborne unit, right? And so we're jumping. We do we jump static line parachutes, which means that when you jump out of a plane, you have um in the parachutes that we had at the time, you had 4 seconds of free fall and it was really like 3 and a half of free fall and then you would feel the 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 cord that you're attached to that's in the plane um yank open your parachute and then you go down and we're jumping at um our standard tactical jumps were like 800 feet, um, and then our uh, the like the training jumps were 1250. So all of it were super low altitude. And and I get back and we do it. We have a jump, and it's in August. And I remember I jumped and I landed, and I don't even like to this day. I do not recall it being a particularly hard landing. But I do know that it was my, I, I don't know the specific number of jump. I think it was my 45th jump. 
Um, and that's that's relatively high, um, especially at that point because I, I I was a I was still a, a sergeant. I had, was getting ready to go to the border. I just gone to the border. And I was waiting to get pinned for staff sergeant, and um, and so I I mean I like I said I jumped and everything was fine. And and it was the next day, and I'm sitting on the couch with my son on my lap, and I lean forward to kiss the top of his head. And when I lean forward, just like this, you can't see if you're just listening, but it's on the video. <laughs> I lean forward just like that, just to kiss the top of his head. And and I feel a spring, poof, like shoot, like like if it, a spring was like lined up, and then something happened where like it shot out. It felt like wing, and it just felt this like vibration in my lower back. And I was like, oh, it didn't even hurt. I was like, that's weird. I, uh, I don't know what that is. I've never felt a sensation inside of my body like that before. And so I, I, I was, you know, just carried on normal life, went to work and, and it, and it started to get painful, started to the point where like standing up for too long was hurting and sitting down was really hurting and everything was hurting. And so, and it, um, I, remember like it was about two weeks from that day it was end of august maybe into september uh i'm standing in our office and next to very close to my buddy um who i had talked to about you know the pain and everything that had been happening and and uh and he was the guy that was that did the triathlon with me that, that brought it up to me and i was standing next to him and i like he, people were talking to me and i like i wasn't even listening my i was like my body was throbbing in pain and I couldn't feel my feet and I had this radiation shooting up and down my legs and, and I collapsed into his arms, you know, and he's like, he's like holding me and he's like, holy shit, man. I was like, dude, I do not, I don't feel right. And he's like, he's like, I'm taking you to the ER. I was like, I think that's the, I think that's the right idea. Well, at first it wasn't, it wasn't the ER. We went to the clinic, but it was like 1630, 430 in the afternoon. And, uh, and we went there, and all the docs were gone. Go to the ER, wait all night. The doc there's pissed at me, thinking that I'm trying to circumvent the system to get an MRI. And I'm like, no, I'm just in pain. I just need, I need, so I don't know what I need. I need the pain to go away. That's what I want. He's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> if that's the case, he gave me a couple of uh, pain pills. He's like, go see your doc in the morning. Use these to sleep. And by that time, <laughs> it was like two in the morning. So I take these pills and I go to sleep and. Uh, go to the dock in the morning and then that turns into a, the whole fun healthcare stuff that took me months to be able to get an MRI but at any rate that's another story um, basically uh, the what happened from there is that my whole life changed um, I was I was like at the pinnacle I was the leader for physical training pt in our section like every run that we did every every ruck that we did uh if somebody else was leading an event it was at my uh direction it was it was they were running their plans through me and um i was and it wasn't because of my rank it was because of my prowess um because of how much i knew and, and what i could do and how i could push people and push myself and so you know whether we're rucking or we're running or we're going to the gym like it was all it was it was like my show it was like my time while i was still learning how to become an intelligence analyst pt was my game and i had that 
And so that was kind of my rock. And so I kept doing PT with with the group in the office, but I had to like just I had to actively be like, hey man, you guys got to take this over. I like I can't I can't keep up. I can't do it. Like I can organize the events, but I can't I can't participate at the level that I was. And I remember there was one day my buddy had uh, that I worked for a really great guy Dan Cook, just a like unbelievably smart, amazing, amazing individual, uh, a great friend, great personality, great outlook on life, and just like blessed and honored to to count him as a friend. And he, um, it was his plan. It was his day to do PT, and we we ran down our end to Normal Street, and we hung a left, and we went down this hill, and we were like doing different running techniques and stuff down the hill, then up the hill, and down the hill, and then up the hill. And I remember I got to the point, and I just I pulled off to the side, and I was like, "Hey, man, I can't do it. Like, I gotta go." And he was like, "All right, that's cool." And and, and he, I mean, he was my subordinate, but you know, it was you don't leave a PT event. But I mean, everyone knew there was a, there was a kind of premise, but it was um. It was. It was a significant event because after that, I had to go to my shop to all these soldiers that I was leading and mentoring and tell them that I wasn't going to be able to do PT with them anymore. And this was, this was a very emotional event. This was uh, it was very hard for me because. Like I said, that was my rock. That was my place. And it was a place where I felt like I could still mentor and do well. And I was still doing it in the leadership aspects. Um, but it was this huge part of me had just been taken away. And it was, like I said, it was emotional. Like I was tearing up and I, I looked at some of the soldiers and they were, they were emotional about it too. Like it was, a, it was a, it was a fairly big deal. And it was, you know, at that point in my life, running was over and I was devastated and it and it showed through what proceeded to happen over the next several years um and i really lost it you know like i my i got completely out of shape i was um i was i'd gained weight i don't remember what i never thought about what weight i was at before because it was never an issue but i got to the point where um the army has a certain allowance for weight that you're allowed to get to. And when I, when I was getting ready to do weigh-ins, I would like weigh myself and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm exceeding the weight standard. I've never done that. I've never even had to think about that before. And so when you do that, they tape you. And for males, they tape your neck and they tape your waist. And I, I remember I got taped and I passed. And then I remember after that, it's every six months. I remember after that, I had a time when I taped myself. I was so concerned about it that I taped myself, and by my own tape measurements, I exceeded the standard. I would have been put on the the Army Body Composition Program, the ABCP, the Fat Boys Program. Let's be real about what it is. It's for the guys that are overweight that need to be brought back down to within the standard. I had exceeded that. It was on my own, and I was able to to do something to get enough to get a pound under a hit. I think I hit it on the mark um, where I was at the... Because I couldn't... 
like my, it was a belly. I had that illustrious dad bod, and it was it was glorious. <laughs> but it was um, I was I couldn't. Nothing I was doing, and I I, I didn't take huge steps to make anything right but nothing i did really changed the size of my gut and so like, i dropped enough weight to not be taped um and i don't even remember how i don't remember how i did it but i i remember i did that and then and then there was another time that came up and basically it was this constant concern this constant you know burden i'm carrying around with me every time that I come whenever i'm going to schools whenever i'm doing anything and that i had to take into consideration i had to think about this and it was, um, it was, truly was a, a personal low um, for for me when I looked at myself and my self worth. And so, I mean, I mean, and it's, the thing is, it's interesting because it wasn't across the board. I had changed duty stations on PCS because I couldn't jump anymore. I couldn't stay in the unit that was airborne. So I went to a new unit, went to uh, Fort Belvoir. It was working in Quantico. And, and I was doing really, everything was going really well professionally. Everything was going really well, like do, doing things that had never been done before, um, by analysts or people in the army and like creating new SOPs. And, and it was, it was beautiful and things were going really, I got, I got picked up on the Sergeant first class promotion list, uh, as fast as you possibly can. And that was, that was a huge, huge crushing success for me. And it still felt incomplete. I still felt awful inside it was it was not it was such a significant part of who i was that i still had not found a way to to get that part of my life back in order um still concerned about the about the weight and everything and um and and i remember there was actually a uh there was actually a gym at Quantico that it wasn't at Quantico it was actually this this little island gated in secured area in Quantico is actually two different gated off secured areas and in the middle was a different little island secured area that where we worked and there was a gym inside of the building we worked in and I remember there was it was actually I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna start lifting and I went and I was working over like the Thanksgiving break and they had shut down the gym during that time. And I was like, I was like, I was like, oh, because in my head, I thought it's not Thanksgiving. They're probably closed on Thanksgiving, but the days around it, they'll probably be open. So I went in and it was closed one day. I was like, crap. And then, you know, I wanted really, I really wanted to start to start lifting. I never really lifted as an adult. Um, and so I was like, Oh, I got to do something. I got to do something to get this right. You know, so I have to take positive action to change the course of my life because I don't like where it's at. And so I went in and I, I picked up another day on the schedule and we're working crazy hours, um, in this, in this job. And so, um, I come in for another shift another day during that same time frame, and I go in and somebody had left the gym unlocked. And so like nobody was in there working, nobody was supposed to be in there, but it was like a really crazy hour. I think I was on a night shift. And so I just went in and it just worked out completely by myself and it was wonderful. And so that, that was really what planted the seed for, for that in my life moving forward. Um, and it was the big shift happened when I then actually changed duty stations from, from there to Georgia. And that's where everything shifted that's where like my the ideas that i had about diet and and how to eat 
changed and, and I started going, there was a, in the apartment that I moved into, there was a, there was a gym in the apartment that was really small, but barely anybody went there. So it was usually when I was there, I was there alone. And that was awesome. I, I'm not a big fan of gyms and working out with other people. Um, and so I think it was part of it was just self-conscious and I didn't want to like sit there and look a fool. Right. Cause that's the big fear that we all have and or that I have. And, uh, and so it was, it was secluded and I started going there and, and the unit that I was in was really, was really awesome in that it was like, as a sergeant first class, I was one of the lowest ranking people there. And it was all what they call big boy rules. So it was like, we don't do physical training together as a group. Um, it's all on your own. And, you know, and for me, I was in a position where I kind of got to make my own hours to a certain extent. And so I was able, I was going in and doing my own lifting session at the apartment gym before work. And then I would work until like two or three and then I'd get back and go and lift again. And I changed my diet and I was, I stopped eating breakfast. Um, so I, without even knowing it, I started doing a, a kind of a version of intermittent fasting. And so between that, like I, I the weight just shred it it just fell off without even thinking about it and my body got into a better shape than it had been in since I was initially injured so started feeling good and and started feeling better about myself physically but there was still something that wasn't there something that wasn't exactly right and I think it's for me there was like medit running served as a, a form of like active meditation and so it got me away from everybody else it got me in my own space and, and and working up when you're running at a certain pace like your your mind has to let go of a lot of the peripheral crap that's going on inside of it and so and you have to the harder you push the more you have to focus on your breathing and and just the pure intestinal fortitude to just keep pushing just keep putting one foot in front of front of the other and not quitting um and so that's that is something that i wasn't getting like i'd get that in short little bursts with weightlifting um but nothing to the extent like i got from running i even picked up swimming but the logistics around swimming were so hard swimming did absolutely did the same thing um but it was so hard to work with the hours of the pool they only oh they closed at one o'clock every day and it was it was a mess and so I decided I would start running again and just, just, I was like, I'm just going to go. And I went real slow and, and eventually I started picking up like a, like I'd run like two miles. Like I would lift, I would lift in the morning, work, lift in the afternoon and then go run two miles, um, just to completion. Time was, I, you know, I, I had the trackers with me because I, I'm, I'm a, say it's like that. I, I, I get stuck around the numbers, get bent on it. And so, um, so I still I was tracking my times and everything and it wasn't they weren't they weren't great. <laughs> if I if I was making ten minute miles, I was moving, I was hustling and it and it was hurting. And it, it just it required a lot more active recovery than I'd ever done. So I'd stay there in the parking lot and just stretch out for another forty five minutes after a, a 20, 25 minute run. Um, and I had to do that. But it allotted me the time in the space to get my head clear and I was like oh this is this is wonderful and I just I kept going and I got that active meditation back and I started to be able to run further 
and it was just more was required, you know, and just more time and more consideration and just paying attention to my body and getting to know my body in that way again and and being able to to kind of mentally shrug off the the thoughts like oh these times aren't very good because you used to run this and just accepting who I am now as a new starting point for how I was going to move forward with running um and so this is what I was able to do I was able to work hard enough and work overtime i i i was because of the time that i put into it over and over again over over a couple of years of running and doing it like this um i was able to start decreasing that mental stress i was i was getting that increase in confidence again i was getting that that clarity that mental space and um and really i was able to one of the most important things for me is that i was able to to run out um like outrun my like my anger or frustrations like if something would come up i would have that in me to be able to do um and to the point where like it just happened i just i just i ran the fastest that i've ever run and it's be, and i was able to run this fast because I that was how fast I needed to run in order to to outrun the the emotions that I was feeling. So I am not my emotions, but I couldn't find the right headspace. I couldn't get myself reframed the right way without without outrunning it. Like I needed to I needed to, my brain to be able to completely let go of the thoughts around it for for some period of time. And the only way that I could think to do it was by running. And so I went and I ran four miles. The first mile was an eight-minute pace. The second mile was an eight-minute pace. The third mile was a seven-minute pace. And then the last, it actually didn't end up being quite four. It was like eight-tenths of a mile for the last one. And that was like a nine-minute pace. Um, and so the the overall, I mean, it was an eight-minute pace for about four miles, which is minutes faster for that length i would have been able to do that maybe a little bit fat probably not even a little bit faster but for lower distances for like a two miles um two and a half miles but for that distance for four to run at that pace, that's the best that i've done since i've been injured period and and that was that's there for me as a tool and so in the end like i said for this it was how i found myself in running i found like i was running the those half marathons daily and it was like became a part of me but like it engrossed in it i was engrossed in it it was like part of my soul and my rejuvenation and then when i couldn't do it anymore it was this devastating loss this huge huge part of me that i could not feed anymore and then it was finding my way back from that from my physical fitness rock bottom of of being fully eligible to go into the 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 fat boys program to to getting myself to a to the point now where i'm trying to find ways to put weight back on because it's so because i'm losing i'm constantly losing weight and so uh 
and it, and it's all and it's thanks thanks to I mean running plays a part of the weight thing, but it's the the bigger thing with the running was, was what it's done for my headspace, and so that's how it saved my life. Is that I it, I've been able to bring it back in as a very active tool to use to get myself back in the right state of mind, and that has saved so much time and frustration and stress and heartache and so this is this is my episode this is my ode to running this is my i love you to running and and for those that run my heart and soul are with you and those that that don't run i'm not saying you have to run i'm just saying you need to like if it's another tool in the kit bag and it doesn't have to be that but it's something you need to find something that can that can basically do like a hard reset that that does a uh, a wipe from your head of where you're at when you're in that place when you're just seeing red and that you can uh you can you can get yourself that little bit of a break from it and so that's the tool that i have that's the tool i use thank you guys i appreciate you so much for coming in and listening and i will see you here again next week